Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, The Gun Show. My guest tonight is former Christian broadcaster and now People's Party of Canada candidate Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. She's on the show to talk about the latest developments in the Canadian culture war. If you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as other great TV-style shows too, like Ezra's Nightly, Ezra Levant Show, and David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership just by using the coupon code PODCAST. When you subscribe, just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Those reviews are a great way to support us here at The Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. You're listening to a Rebel Media Podcast. Justin Trudeau is supporting the Pride Parade in Vancouver for their deplatforming of a reasonable trans person. And the Conservatives are now accused of blocking pro-family candidates. My guest tonight has an insider's take on all of this. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. into today's show I want to share with you just a little anecdote for context during the United Conservative Party leadership race here in Alberta every single day I would wake up I would survive the morning mayhem until I put the kids on the bus and then I would shuffle downstairs plonk myself in front of this very computer and open up my work email and every single day without fail I would have a series of the same emails, different wording, different versions, but mostly all the same. I'd have emails from a group of people saying, Sheila, you're a shill for Jason Kenny," And then I would have another series of emails from a whole other group of people telling me that I was in the bag for Brian Jean. For me, that criticism coming at me from both sides pretty well equally told me that I was doing my job. I was being critical of conservatives when they deserved it and complimentary when they earned it because I'm a small c conservative journalist. I don't work for politicians. If I wanted to be in the bag for a politician, I would just go get a job as one of their press secretaries or, you know, I would just like work for the CBC. And my door here, or rather my Skype is always open for any and all politicians who want to talk to me even those on the far left. But right now, I know that my friends in the Conservative Party of Canada, and I have many friends in that party, they're not able to talk to me about issues that you and I and they care deeply about. And that's a real shame. And it's their loss not to have the ability to speak to our viewers, our nearly one and a quarter million viewers. I wish it wasn't that way, but it's out of my control and I'm not taking it personally. It's business. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I champion good ideas and good conservative principles 
wherever I find them and in whatever party that brings them forward. And I will always be critical of parties claiming to be conservative and then doing things that are completely not because that's my job. I work for the rebel and I work for our viewers. I work for myself and my own sense of integrity. I don't work for your preferred candidate. The reason I'm saying this is because I have on the show today a People's Party of Canada candidate for Red Deer Lacombe. But I'm not really having her on the show because she's a People's Party of Canada candidate, although she's now a politician, so of course the conversation is going to go in that direction. That's what it's like when you're interviewing politicians who are actively campaigning. I have Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson on the show now for the same reason I had her on before she entered politics. And that reason is because she's a bit of a culture warrior. As a former Christian broadcaster, she's been on the forefront of these battles and skirmishes against the encroaching cultural Marxism in society for years now. And with Jessica Yaniv in the news in British Columbia and the Liberals' attempts to censor pro-life movies in Canada and with some pro-life organizations coming out and saying that the Conservative Party of Canada is now blocking candidacies of pro-life, pro-family candidates. I thought who better to come on the show than someone who's really been in the thick of all of this. So joining me tonight in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon from her new home in Red Deer is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. From her new home in Red Deer, Alberta, is former Christian broadcaster and now People's Party of Canada candidate for Red Deer Lacombe, Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Hey, Laura, thanks so much for joining me. You're such a joy to always have on the show. You're very generous with your time. But I wanted to have you on today um, because you are a culture warrior. You've really been on the forefront of the cultural battle here in Canada and at great personal cost. You've lost employment opportunities, you've lost political opportunities and with so much going on in the culture war, I wanted to have you on because I mean you really have your finger on the pulse of these issues. Thank you so much Sheila. Um, it is such an honor to be with you again. I love your work. I love you are also a culture warrior. And uh, some of us literally put our lives on the line to say that Canada is going down a wrong path and, and we're not going to be silent as it heads towards that cliff. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, what people don't know is you actually were pushed out of your job in Christian broadcasting because you've really been taking on the trans ideology issue. And then you were excluded from the Conservative Party of Canada because of your uh, vocalness uh, on this issue. You've really been ringing the alarm bell. And here we are now with Jonathan Jessica Yaniv being the culmination of all the things that you were warning about. Absolutely. I mean, when I first heard, uh, you know, close to a, a couple years ago now, that they are teaching gender fluidity to little kids, I thought, that's crazy. Everyone's going to be on my side and we're going to put the word out and, and it'll all be done. And, um, and I thought that my uh, Christian 
um, organization that I was hired by and enjoying my job that they would also stand with me and I don't blame them I want to say that um, being targeted uh, for standing up against socially crazy issues these days um, I, I see myself as one of the first but there have been many more and it is a very hard burden for everyone involved if you speak out against something um, your organization can get targeted and they didn't exactly bargain on that and so that was fair now when I thought that I would run for I, I felt a call I felt I was very inspired I was inspired by a transgender guy I was inspired by somebody who goes to Ottawa and fights for laws to be put in place for children to be taken away from their parents that inspired me because you know what I had to ask myself Sheila what am I doing? I'm enjoying my lattes. I am enjoying my good life, telling people about God and how amazing this life is and we're in the best country in the world. I am enjoying my life. But there are some people who are spending their life to take away my freedom, the rights and the freedoms that are guaranteed under the Charter and they are living to alter culture while I am simply existing and I see that 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 is happening and when the uh, you know when the Conservative Party of Canada rejected me I was shocked I I was shocked I had I have a picture that you know they like to put all over uh, Facebook of me and Andrew Shear with a shirt on it and if you go in close what my shirt said was for such a time as this and I believed that if I was called, I was going to be running with the Conservative Party. But because I had spoken against something so simple as gender fluidity being taught to little kids, I was rejected. And uh, I've been the first one of many. That's true, actually. Uh, your story is being told in one of my favorite Christian websites, LifeSite, who, um, as we found out last week, has been removed from the uh, Apple News app because they apparently are discriminating against um, LGBTQ people um, based on some of the stories um, that uh, appear on LifeSite, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's just from a Christian worldview. Um, but on LifeSite, they're saying that um, they're reporting that multiple pro-family Canadians are accusing the Conservative Party of blackballing their candidacies. Now, as you've said, that's happened to you, but it's happened to a lot of other people. Um, another candidate um, experienced much the same thing you did over much the same issue. LifeSite has the story that says, a long-standing party member whose campaign in Bruce Gray, Owen Sound, Ontario, had been building really, really good momentum, was shocked that she had been disqualified, but also that the party gave no reason for the decision. Um, and the lady who was sacked is a Christian psychotherapist named Dr. Ann Gillies. Um, Gillies thinks that the reason they disallowed her was because she's been critical of transgender ideology. Absolutely. And um, I know Dr. Ann, and I've done interviews with her, and she is, she is educated, she's experienced, she's a stander, she is courageous in this world of you either bow to the ideology that has been set up or you face the furnace. She's the type that she'll face the furnace 
and the Conservative Party of Canada rejected her. She's an educated uh, Christian woman with values, but her her book is full of incredible data and um, studies and information and science on what we are facing in our world. And they would not run something like her, someone like her. And I had to come to the place where I thought, are you not the party that represents the grassroots people? Because they are lighting their hair on fire. They're lighting their hair on fire in British Columbia still over that Soji, um, you know, the resources that are in the school. And they are lighting their hair on fire in Red Deer, Alberta and across Alberta. And we are talking to them. And of course, it doesn't take me long to begin connecting with those parents who are very concerned. And I've had people come up to me, throw their arms around me in tears. Thank you. Thank you for coming here to, to Red Deer. Well, and you know, it's, it's not even about or exclusively about LGBTQ issues or trans ideology ideology issues, the Conservatives have rejected somebody like Salim Mansur, a practicing Muslim himself, educated man, the perfect kind of immigrant, a person who came to Canada with nothing, worked as a taxi driver, integrated and became an educated, contributing member of Canadian society, adopted Canadian values. He was excluded by the Conservatives for uh, running as a candidate. And he was ultimately, wisely, scooped up by the People's Party. And he said he was disallowed because of his criticism of radical Islam. And the Conservatives were concerned that that could be construed as being Islamophobic. Despite the fact that Salim Mansur is a practicing Muslim. I mean, if, if we can't run a good guy like Professor Salim Mansour, who um, is not a racist, clearly, who is warning Western civilization, there might be a problem here. Look what's happened in Europe. You need to address these issues. You need to know that like uh, Maxime Bernier recently said, not all societies uh, embrace our values and not all societies are worthy of being welcomed into our land because they do not bear our values. And uh, Professor Salim Mansour, Hamish Marshall, he reported, uh, someone who is high up in the Conservative Party, was the one who said, you know, it's just going to, um, it's, it, it's going to, it could, you know, be an upset. We don't want to be called racist and all of that. And um, I have it on good word. And uh, all I can say is if it's not true, go ahead and sue me, CPC. But that there are, um, there are other Muslim candidates being run in the Conservative Party of Canada. And they are and have questionable ties with the Muslim Brotherhood. So if it's not true, send me something. But I have it on very good account. So how does the CPC run candidates with ties to radical Islam and refuse a candidate who is speaking against it? I don't understand, Sheila, what's happened. I don't understand. I, I, I just shook my head and you know, scratched my head over wondering what has happened to our political system here in Canada. And of course, I'm not running with them. Thankfully, I'm running with the People's Party of Canada. And we are now running Professor Salim Mansour. Thanks to Maxime Bernier for accepting a candidate, you know, with such prestigious, he, he's got quite the record. It's funny because I will get 
probably 20 emails after this interview goes live from conservative party supporters who are saying um, that I'm a shill for the PPC. And I'll probably get 20 other emails from PPC supporters saying, Sheila, you've got to come right out and support us and endorse us. And that's not my job as a journalist. It's my job as a journalist to be fair, be critical of bad ideas and, um, and be supportive of good conservative ideas wherever I see them. At least that's what I see my job is as a conservative journalist. Uh, you know, uh, if the PBC brings forward a good idea, great. If the Conservative Party of Canada suddenly makes it mandatory for all um, universities in Canada to adopt the Chicago principles of free speech, I'm going to champion that too. I find good ideas wherever they lay and and uh, criticize bad ideas wherever they are too. Just happens to be more often than not, bad ideas exist in the Liberal Party um, because if they had good ideas, they wouldn't be Liberals in the first place. Not the Liberals out, but you know what? We, we want to stand for our values now. And uh, I mean, I have tremendous respect for some of the members of Parliament uh, that have run with the Conservative Party. Uh, MP Michael Cooper, who was in Edmonton, who recently spoke out at the Justice Committee in defense of conservatism. And uh, he did it so adequately and so incredibly. And what happened to him when he is addressing a man, you know, who is, uh, you know, associated with radical Islam? What happens to him? He is forced to apologize and he loses his seat with the Justice Committee, with the Conservative Party. Andrew Scheer brings this about. Um, I, I don't understand what is going on. I really don't. And it is not your job to be... Um, to be on either side it is your job and you are always fair Sheila and I know that you know you're probably gonna maybe you'll do some stories on the PPC who I don't know what you do that would be negative <laughs> but you might and uh, and that's okay that's okay we have to have this ability and we're losing this ability in free society to speak what we think to um, have free speech to have um, the right to our own thoughts and conscience and to our religious persuasions all of us should have that right, as long as it's not inciting violence, as long as it is not domineering over another group in our society. You know, that uh, brings me to a story that I wanted to talk to you about um, because it involves your friend, Jen Smith. Jen Smith is a transgender person um, who's been a vocal opponent of trans ideology being taught to children. Jen Smith. Jen Smith spoke at, I believe it was the UBC library. Um, you'll have to uh, clarify it for me if I'm getting the details wrong. But because of that, UBC and the library is now banned from participating in the Pride Parade there. And it's all because uh, Jen Smith was allowed to speak because Jen Smith was allowed to exercise their free speech. And even worse, the prime minister has come out in support of them blocking the library because the library allowed this trans identified person the right to be critical of trans ideology. It is bizarre. Uh, the loop is crazy. It is. Well, you know, they're turning against themselves, right? Uh, you do have, I have this already happening where um, trans people and uh, LGBTQ are writing me and saying, you know, we totally support what you're saying and what you're doing. 
uh, but just don't mention our name because we don't want to be their next target. Well, Jen Smith, a transgender uh, person who, um, you know, wears a dress and lipstick, right? Has a deep voice. I love Jen. I mean, he's he is something else. But the trans people, they reject him because he doesn't go according to their idea. And, you know, trans people are, you know, trans women are trans women. Um, but apparently they don't like that he speaks truth and common sense and that he studies the data, that he knows what he's talking about. They don't like that. And so they target him. And yeah, isn't it crazy that so UBC doesn't get to be in the pride parade? Oh, it's horrible. I'm so sorry for you. But, um, you know, you won't have to see nudity and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it is really nuts. And it should be an eye opener. I think this is what's going to happen, Sheila, is that we're going to begin to see that um, different uh, people in society are going to um, start to see that what they once supported, they actually can't support anymore because they're going to see the hypocrisy in the whole thing. And it's all going to tumble down because it's based on lies. It's based on deception. It's based on perversion and going against um, everything that is good and right and, and going against our values for that matter. You know, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that there will come a reckoning where there's, I mean, we're on a head-on collision between these com competing groups of people with rights. And uh, I think the Jonathan Jessica Yaniv case in British Columbia is for a lot of people that reckoning where what was just an abstract idea about being um, supportive of people's lifestyle choices, whatever those may be, um, that abstract idea is becoming uh, reality as it collides with the rights of female entrepreneurs to decline service to anybody for any reason because being forced to enter into a contract um, by the government that's sort of like slavery um, but what's happening in British Columbia is that Jessica Yaniv a trans person uh, believes that it is their human right to receive genital waxing from female entrepreneurs and a lot of people are suddenly realizing that Creating these protected classes of people who have these human rights that trump everybody else's is a problematic thing. And I think this case is a real eye-opener, I hope. It is. And um, you can tell that when uh, Suzanne uh, Anton, uh, I believe that's her name, uh, she was part of putting together, you know, the, the human rights tribunals or uh, signing up basically for gender to be added, you know, to the list of, um, you know, rights and freedoms in Canada. And she's come out saying they should never have accepted this case at the Human Rights Tribunal uh, with Yaniv, um, you know, stating that he thinks that that women should be, you know, having to be exposed to his private parts when they they don't do that in their homes and they don't do men. And you're not a woman. And so they know that and they do not want to wax any part of you. And Susan Anton is basically saying, you know, this should have been turned down. This should have never gone 
to any human rights tribunal. So I think they should be abolished because they all have no sense. The human rights tribunal organization, whoever decides on all of this, you've got no wisdom. You don't know what you're doing. You don't even know what's right or what human rights are. You don't even know how to protect real Canadians. And you're really, really, um, you've been shown to be extremely horrible to women in this regard, that you would think that this was even something that should be adjudicated with the human rights trial. I say that you get abolished. And I say that every, um, every, you know, you've had, uh, they've, they've had several cases and they've had results from those cases and all the results should be thrown out because you can't be trusted. You are biased and this has basically been set up to bludgeon a certain group of people and it's not okay and we're done with it. And I think there should be, you know, a, a huge social outcry to abolish the whole human rights tribunal thing going on there. Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I would say that Jessica Yaniv is some sort of right-wing plant <laughs> designed to expose just how flawed the human rights tribunal process is. But I don't think that's the case based on the history. Like, it's so surreal that maybe, you know, this can't possibly be real. Somebody might think, oh yeah, you know, this is put in there by a PPC person to take out the human rights tribunal. No, it's a real person. And I was just watching an interview with him on... Um, on the uh, the internet and he's saying, no, I do feel that people have to do this. And in fact, I saw a tweet by another transsexual Morgan Ogre saying that um, everybody has jobs and they don't like doing certain things and you have to do it. So get over it, get over yourself. So that was a little tweet. Now, Morgan has come out very angry against Yaniv. So has Blair White and some of the other, um, you know, famous transsexuals. and. Um, they're all, like you say, Sheila, it's all caving in on itself. And it's going to. It's going to get even worse. Now, I wanted to transition into um, something that is near and dear to your heart, near and dear to mine. Um, uh, Maxine Bernier has been the only politician, and I wish this weren't the case, because I know there are a lot of um, strong pro-lifers still within the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, but Maxime Bernier has been the only politician uh, to come out and say that the issue of abortion is not settled in Canada um, and that you know we should be allowed to have these debates within Canada, especially when some 50% of people express some form of pro-life sentiment and that number actually gets even higher when you start to educate people for example a lot of people don't even realize we don't have an abortion law in Canada so women can absolutely access late-term elective abortions in this country that's right um, to, to the point of coming down the birth canal we have no protections for the unborn none and you know, Sheila, in 1988, when this went, uh, the Morgenthaler decision went before the Supreme Court of Canada, um, it was noted in their, um, you know, their, their output there that they said that the state has a compelling necessity to care for the unborn um, and to defend the unborn. They have, um, the, the word compelling was used. 
And after that, nothing was ever brought forward. I think maybe some attempts at all abortion being abolished, and that has not been successful at all. And then nothing more. And it's been over 30 years. And so it is time for the silence to end on that issue. Well, and as you and I were saying off air, I, I'm very proud of the conservative MPs who did go to the March for Life because unlike the um, members of the PPC and their candidates, the ability to express a pro-life sentiment within the conservative party is very strongly controlled. For those conservative MPs, and um, there's quite a few of them, that attended the March for Life, although there's a lot of them from Alberta um, and not a lot of other places, um, for them to go to the March for Life and be openly pro-life, you know they're swimming upstream within their own party. So, you know, guys like Arnold Viersen, Dane Lloyd, Glenn Motts, Kevin Sorensen, Phil McCollman, uh, Dave Van Kesteren, Bev Shipley, Harold Albrecht, Ted Falk, Brad Trost, and Senator Norman Doyle, um, I just want to thank them for their bravery of being open, upfront, pro-lifers inside the Conservative Party, because that has got to be pretty darn hard. I do. I do as well. Honor them and thank them for standing for the unborn. Um, that is an amazing thing, and they are to be commended for that. Um, it is a sad thing that in the Conservative Party, right from the top, Andrew Scheer, twice in the last month, has declared and stated that the Canadian people do not have to uh, worry that they will, the Conservative Party will not be opening the debate on abortion. And therefore, I don't know what uh, that means for MPs. To me, it sounds like he's saying, don't bring it forward. We're not reopening this. This is not an issue that the Conservative Party is going to deal with. And I think that that is very alarming. And Personally, um, I, I don't know how they expect to hang on to the, grass, the grassroots supporters who have conviction to the core of their being about life, about God creating life. And I don't know how those people are expected to continue to vote for a party that is abandoning those grassroots principles and I'm seeing that uh, it's going to have a very negative effect on the voting record in October. Well, and I, I don't think it, this is just a religious issue because there are a lot of people who are maybe not particularly pro-life or it's not something that they think about every single day, that they're not religious people, they're not, um, you know, in my case, Catholic or whatever. Um, but they see this as a, a freedom of conscience issue. And they see this as a, an issue where we are supposed to be different than the liberals on this. The liberals have mandated that all their MPs be pro-choice. And the conservatives have de facto mandated that all their MPs have to shut up on the issue and not say anything. And so how does that make them any significantly different than the liberals on this issue? The conservatives are... And when I say conservatives, I'm saying small c conservatives now, just people with conservative ideology. We pride ourselves on the fact that we are 
happy to have discussions on issues that we don't think there are topics that are off limit that we believe in the free and liberal exchange of ideas and that uh, facts don't care about your feelings and those sorts of things and when when the conservative party is saying well the debate is closed on this uh, that seems to me antithetical to small c conservative principles well and uh, it, it's upsetting and you're absolutely right. Um, I recently just uh, had an email from somebody saying that they're atheists, but totally supportive of my pro-life stand that there's just something intrinsically in them that feels that, you know, a society that is sophisticated and not barbaric does not kill its young, whether in the womb or outside of the womb, uh, that you don't do that. And so it is a matter of conscience and why is it why is there such anger and vitriol from uh from those who just don't want it discussed they want it shut down and why is the cpc government deciding that they will cave into that kind of social pressure um being called names today you have to be able to accept that if you're going to run in public office or be any kind of justice warrior in our culture, you're going to have to accept that people will call you names and you're going to have to become very, very comfortable with that. And I have, and I don't care what you call me. I don't care what you threaten me with. Um, bring it on this debate. If it has to come under fire, then it needs to be raised under fire because life is important. And that is important to our society's structure of being caring, empathetic people. Never mind if we do believe in God or not. We're just good people. And atheists love to say that. They say, I, I don't need God to be moral. And some of them don't. And I love it. We just need to know that freedom of speech, freedom to debate conscience issues should not be dead in a place like Canada. That is more like North Korea or a place where you are not allowed to speak or have your own mind or have your own thoughts. That is not Canada. And it's time for this to be opened. Well, and you know, that brings me to another topic that I had on my desktop open for you and I to talk about. And that was the um, liberals. Uh, they didn't want the movie unplanned, which tells the story of a uh, abortion worker who became pro-life after being inside the machinery of that industry, um, they didn't want that movie to be shown in Canada. And it's it's a movie. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, don't see it. The movie will fail and it'll no one will ever watch it. But they can't even, they don't even want Canadians exposed to the other side of this story. Let people see the movie. Let people make up their own minds. But... The liberals, I mean, they were adamant that if you saw this movie, you were attacking women's rights, even though you were literally attacking my right to see a movie that I so choose. Uh, it, it really was North Korea-esque. It, it really was. And here in this movie, the woman has had two abortions. It's a beautiful movie about redemption. Nobody needs to feel uh, terrible if they've had an abortion to go and see it. Everybody needs to have information. Um, you know, a lack of knowledge makes us really unwise in our society. If we don't actually understand 
uh, what is going on? How can we make valid decisions? Informed choice is a better way for us to proceed with, um, you know, the abortion agenda going on. If if women um, feel that they need an abortion, well, then by all means have the information available to you um, so that you understand uh, babies, uh, their size, when the heartbeat starts, how incredibly formed they are, even when they're little tiny, you know, tiny little things in your womb, how that baby all, it's not actually the, the woman's body. I object to that. It's their own body being housed in your body. That's it. It's not your body alone. You now have had the extreme privilege of being able to carry someone else's body. I was just talking to my 29 year old son and, um, and we were kind of, you know, talking about this issue and it is very precious. He is nothing like me. He's not me. He is so opposite that we've been like at times, you know, and I love him. He's incredible. He's his own person and he was his own person from the womb. When we have information, about what is going on, about the money issue that has to do with abortion. And I'll tell you what is offensive to women is that the link between abortion and breast cancer is not out in the open. I, I feel that is offensive to women. And I saw this uh, other movie called Hush, and it was about uh, women's, um, the, you know, the correlation with abortion and many, many of the issues that women uh, face today. And the fact that doctors don't pronounce that and that that's not out there, that's wrong. It's an offense to women. Now, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, but by the time this goes to air, the People's Party of Canada will have made a very consequential and ultimately controversial, although it shouldn't be, announcement uh, would you like to talk about that? I would. I would. Um, I'm very excited to say that uh, Paul Mitchell, who is running in Red Deer Mountain View riding, just south of Red Deer, and myself, um, have a full uh, bill, a motion for a bill to be presented to end late-term abortion. And we are prepared that at first opportunity with, with Maxine Bernier's um, help and with his approval, that we will be able to, if elected, put that forward in Parliament and put the very first law in Canada in place for the protection of the unborn. And um, I am very excited about it. I am hopeful that uh, also um, as of today, I don't know the case. We have extended this to the Conservative uh, members of Parliament that are already the members. And we have asked them. Uh, one of them is very, uh, has, you know, stated that he's pro-life. We've asked him to come on board and to support this. And so that it would be a guarantee that anyone from the Red Deer area who gets in, whether re-elected or voted in as a new People's Party uh, member of Parliament will present this bill. Um, it's enough of the silence. We don't care about being called names. Babies are worthy of our protection and any society that does not protect its most vulnerable and helpless members is given over to 
being barbaric and it's not okay and we just want to stand and we love all women I support women I support informed choice I do support the little women who are in the womb who also need to be protected small men and small women who are not fully formed who as well need protection because they can't protect or speak for themselves and so a woman by this bill it's very reasonable Sheila um, you would have uh, up to six months basically to decide if you want to have that abortion or not you still have all rights all we're saying is late-term abortion that baby is moving and kicking and wanting to live and actually can be viable outside the womb and so we believe on that level it's very reasonable to expect protection for that child you know it is astonishing the firestorm you're about to walk into <laughs> um, because you are going to be painted by the mainstream media as extremists and it isn't it remarkable that the mainstream media perspective of a pro-life extremist is somebody who says these are viable human lives outside of the womb and we don't want them broken into pieces, sucked out of a woman's body and then incinerated for elective purposes. That's the state of affairs in Canada right now. When you lay it out that way, that is the state of affairs. The, you're talking about babies past the point of viability. Um, and I also think it's going to be very interesting to see if you will get any of that across party line support because I think this really is um, a conservative issue but also just a human decency issue. Um, you are going to be called an extremist when really the extremists are the people who are okay with that procedure that I just described. Right. And you're right. Uh, limb from limb you know, ripping a, a little baby. Uh, and we know that they can feel pain, actually. That is, you know, known by doctors. I saw, read an article on that. And, you know, they can feel pain. And what we're going to do is we're just, you know, we think it's totally fine to do all that and, and then be very angry, very angry at any man or woman who stands for the protection of that child. I mean, God forbid that we're bludgeoning baby seals, right? Those same people who will right. be calling me names will just be up in arms that we would bludgeon a baby seal on the on the ice right um and so i don't care what you call me i care about those babies i care about morality i care about civilized society and i will not be part of being barbaric and sick and evil to turn our our ears to be deaf and our eyes to be blind to the plight of the unborn and it's happening too much in society I don't respect it I can't stand it I won't vote for it and I intend to do my part in life to do what's right for that and it uh, it doesn't matter what the what the price is it just has to happen and I believe I'm supported by millions and millions of people in this nation and we don't need to be silent and we do not need to bow. You know, that is one thing. I think people are silent because they are frightened. We, they see every day how the media treats um, pro-lifers. 
they're like I said they're painted as extremists we can't even show a pro-life video in this country or a pro-life movie in this country without it being deemed somehow controversial we can't have conservative MPs um, marching at the March for Life reflecting the views of their constituents by the way without them being called anti-women and and somehow hateful and oppressive and backward um, Lurlin, I, I, I got to tell you, Maxime Bernier, to his credit, has allowed you and Paul Mitchell, the prospective MP and not the shampoo guy, uh, to bring forward this motion. Um, it's something we would never see in the Conservative Party of Canada. And it makes me sad because I know there are so many good pro-lifers and not just pro-lifers, but people who believe in freedom of conscience still in the Conservative Party. And, and for those people who are inside the party, I, I really feel like they need to lean on their leadership to allow them that freedom. Right. And, you know, Maxime Bernier, um, he, he is on he's on a challenging courage uh, trajectory because, do you know, I mean, he's been... Uh, a pro-choice he's voted pro-choice and and the cpc loves to just throw that oh isn't he the guy he voted pro-choice how how can you you know go with him okay but andrew Shear has voted pro-life and shut it all down so the fellow that's voted pro-choice because he's more libertarian um is now the guy who's saying well because how it happened sheila he was in quebec and they began to push him on this issue of abortion. And Quebec, uh, apparently, they have the most abortions of anywhere in the country. And they began to push him on this issue because they are a highly pro-choice uh, group, right? And um, so when they pushed him on this issue, he said, you know, well, I voted pro-choice. Well, well, what do you think about, uh, you know, um, abortion, you know, late term? And he said, well, you know, if it's two days before the baby is born, I don't think that that's right. I don't think that you should... Uh, you know, be murdering a child two days before it's born. Well, the the press blew up. It was in all the papers. I didn't know a thing about it because it's all written in French. Then um, uh, we gathered in Kelowna for a PPC gathering, and Maxime Bernier there was there, and he said, "Oh, Logalin, because that's how he says my name, Logalin. I'm in so much trouble in Quebec." I said, "Why? Why are you in trouble?" Well, I said, "You know, it's murder if it's you know two days before the baby's born." I said, oh, "You did? You said that? You said that out loud?" I said, "Mr. Bernier, can you say that in English?" So that we can hear that in English as well to take that stand. And then uh, it was just, you know, within a few days that he was speaking in English. They, you know, it had kind of crossed over into the English section and he was dealing with it. And here's the thing. He called it infanticide and murder. And he said, this debate has got to be open in Canada. Here is a man who's going to be also called names. He's going to be put down. You know what? We all don't care. We're, we're not evil people. We're not, you know, serial killers. I would say the serial killers are the ones doing all of these procedures on women. That's not okay. That's not okay. And so we are the ones who are standing for civilized society saying, Hey, of all things, can we just protect babies? We just love babies. We'll take your baby. Do you know what, Sheila? I'll end with this because I'm sure we've probably gone over time. Um, there was a, a young gal and she was getting an abortion. She was pregnant with twins. And I heard about her through another young woman. And this girl was too young to have babies. She didn't, she couldn't support and now it's twins. 
And I remember I pulled over to the side of the road and I said, will you please give her a message? Let her know, I'll take your babies. Me and my husband, we will adopt your babies, just carry them. Um, we can work out arrangements. Please, just please carry these babies. Twins. It just broke my heart as on the side of the road. And um, she couldn't see it. She told the girl, no, no, I can't, no, uh, you know, can't do it. And I never forgot that. I never forgot knowing that I'd do anything. Like I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll care for them. I'm past, you know, wanting to have little kids, but I would have done it. And um, it's time to care about the unborn. It's time to care about babies. We're not evil people for caring about babies. For God's sake, you know, for humanity's sake, let's all have a debate, come to a reasonable uh, conclusion and have a reasonable law. That's it. That's it. Uh, Lorlin, I hate to change lanes on you again after such a poignant statement, but I wanted to ask you just to address one concern people have before we go. Uh, and it's something that I've seen online and I'm sure you get it quite a bit. So I'm probably sure you have a pretty good answer for this. But people will say and have been saying that she's not from Alberta. She's just a carpetbagger who's been dropped in to hold a place in Alberta so that Maxime Bernier can say that he's running a lot of candidates all across the country and that you're not from here and you're certainly uh, you're certainly not Albertan and you don't reflect our values. How do you address that concern? Well, I know one thing for sure, that Alberta is the last hope for Canada. If Alberta does not use this opportunity to seize the day in this next election and vote in a prime minister um, who will stand for life, who will stand against radical political Islam, who will stand against the bludgeoning of our freedoms and our speech, then we have no hope because Alberta is the heart of conservatism. You are my people. You are, you have and hold dearly the values that I hold dearly. And I could not find that in BC. And I went up against Jagmeet Singh and I got called a racist by him and I'm fine. I'm totally over that now. But I looked across the land and I said, who are the people that actually value the heart of, of what we once held very, very dear in the entire nation, who are the traditional standards, who love family values, who care about social conservative issues. I looked everywhere and it's in Alberta. And so I came to the people who I hope will embrace me. So I haven't grown up here, but I know you and I know your eyes, and I see your eyes, and I know you're upset over what's happening in the land, and I know your heart, and I love your heart, and I'm here because Alberta is the last hope for this nation. It is the most conservative part, and if you will, I'm here to fight for Maxime Bernier. I'm here to fight for the People's Party of Canada. If you'll embrace a leader who is willing to stand for our values, then we can turn this nation upside down. If we do not, if we do not, I don't know. I don't know. Something's very, very wrong in the other parties. And I, I also want to add one final thing. I love Rod Taylor. He's with the Christian Heritage Party. And he gives me a little bit of a hard time because he's also a large party. He's a, he's a party. You know, he's a full-fledged party. 
And I honor Rod Taylor because those things that we've been talking about, Sheila, life, uh, the protection of our land, fighting against radical Islam, the Christian Heritage Party also does that. I happen to be running for the People's Party and I'm, I'm very proud to run with Maxime Bernier. He's amazing. He's courageous. He's taking heat and hate like I've never seen. But some of the things he said the other day when he said with his immigration policy being reduced from, you know, uh, 250,000 to about 100 to 150,000, 150,000 capped. Um, and he said we should be bringing in persecuted Christians from Muslim um, countries. I thought that was amazing. And of course, he'll be called names. We all will. It's time to stand. And I am urging Canadians and especially Albertans, please embrace me. I embrace you. Well, I, you know, the issues that, as you point out, that, that we're talking about, they do span political parties. These are cultural issues. Um, and luckily enough for you, you're in a party that allows you to speak out so vocally. Laura Lynn, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You're always so generous with your time. Um, and you're always so passionate about these issues. And hopefully we can uh, catch you again along on the campaign trail. And Laurelyn's conservative competition, if you're watching this, you're always welcome on the show. I'd love to talk to more conservative politicians, but I just don't think they're allowed to talk to me. <laughs> That's very sad, Sheila. Thank you for standing. I love the rebel. You guys tell the truth. You tell it on everybody. You're legitimate media. And to not support that, that's just another wrong thing. I don't get it. Well, Laura Lynn, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck on the campaign trail, and we'll catch up to you more as the summer carries on. Thank you, Sheila. Before the angry emails come from Conservative Party of Canada supporting viewers, let me say I'm a huge fan of Laura Lynn's Conservative Party of Canada competition in her riding of Red Deer Lacombe. I'm a big Blaine Calkins fan. He is so strong on firearms rights and so strong on his advocacy for rural Alberta and rural Canada. I mean, who could not be a fan of a politician who, while criticizing the Liberals' attacks on lawful Canadian gun owners, said this. If the liberal leader wants my guns, he can pry them from my cold, dead hands. In fact, if I'm recalling correctly, Blaine Calkins made finger guns while standing up to vote to repeal the liberal gun registry a few years back. Calkins was also under fire by the NDP, the liberals, and academia for simply stating a scientific fact to a room full of school children. Calkins said, whether or not you think carbon dioxide is pollution or not is, I still think, a question. Calkins is cheeky, unafraid, and Albertan through and through. In fact, he's sort of my kind of politician. And I'm going to send him an email and see if he'll come on the show. I'd really enjoy that interview, so wish me luck. Like I said, my Skype connection is always open to any politician who wants to talk to me and our over 1 million YouTube subscribers. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.